Who welcome to another episode of the Good Guys Podcast. My name is Brandon Dixon. I'm a happily married man and a humble father of four. And as always, I am joined by none other than the honor, the Reverend Slim Rev, aka Joshua Ezzy. What's good, BD? Hey, man. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. No, hey, man. no, 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 Mr. Rogers. Nah, no, Mr. Rogers, bro. Got my shoes on, bro. Hey, already. Bro, I ain't like the way Mr. Rogers was undressing himself while looking at my eyes, bro. <laughs> that was. What? I, now that you think about it, like, man, what is this guy doing? Look at me in my eyes, taking his jacket and shoes off, bro. Like, why are you taking your shoes off? I feel. You're making me feel awkward, bro. He did do it while maintaining eye contact at all times, which is kind of interesting now that you think about it. Slightly disturbing. Um, I'm like, Ma, change the channel, man. Let's watch Judge Judy. <laughs> there's a middle-aged uh, Caucasian male undressing himself while looking me in my eyes. I'm looking back with my cereal bowl in front, looking back, Mama, are we watching this? What's going on? What's happening right What's going now? On? Mr. Rogers. Wow. I don't want to Roger that. Never really thought of Mr. Rogers like that. They have a knockoff now, a kid's version of Mr. Rogers, which is absolutely disrespectful. I don't appreciate it. Is it Black Gossip? No, it's like a cartoon. It's like Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. So it's like a, a baby like Tiger, and he's like doing the same thing. You know, he's like, he uses the song, but it's different. And he takes off his shoes and stuff. But it, I don't know. You'd, you'd have to watch it. I, I don't appreciate it. I think it's <clears> disrespectful. <throat> I think people need to stop remaking these kids' classics and yeah. trying to remake them in today's version. It just doesn't work. The Lion King should have never been remade. Don't touch nah. it. Some some things you just don't touch, man. Anyway, we are here with a brand new episode for you guys. Um as I always say, if you haven't done so already, if you enjoy the content, help us out. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Okay, help us grow here at the Good Guys Podcast. We are 200 subscribers away from 1K. Help us in our push to 1K. Hit that subscribe button so we can keep bringing you episodes every week. Um, if you already have subscribed, make sure you get involved in the videos. Hit the, uh, yeah. hit the like button, comment, <clears throat> give us a question. Today we're going to have our first Ask a Good Guy um, uh, section. So make sure you hop in the comments. Ask a question. All right. Um, other than that, I don't think I have any. Oh, check out the Blue Peace crew. I always got to push oh, yeah. that. Check out the Blue Peace crew. We've got, it's my family. Um, we've got our vlogs and things like that going on. So check that out. Um, other than that, we're going to go ahead and get started. J.E., are you ready? Man, let's get to it, B.D. Let's get to it. All right. We're going to start off, as we um, customarily do, with the weekly airing of grievances. And I've got one today, J.E., that is slightly disturbing. All right. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, apologize in advance uh, for the nature of this uh, airing of grievances. But so... It, it, I think probably last summer I talked okay. about watching um, the What the Hell documentary and I became for a vegan 
uh, I became a vegan for approximately two days. Hmm. Um, Kudos. Yeah. yeah. It, it didn't longer last. Than, lo- longer than I would ever have done it. Yeah. It didn't last long. Um, I wanted a cheeseburger and I did not discipline my flesh whatsoever. I went and got a cheeseburger. And uh, so, yeah, that ended. But last week, um, that was why we, I was with my, my parents had come into town and we were showing the documentary because it had a segment on the documentary about like Duplin County, North Carolina, which is where they're from. So I showed them the documentary just to show them that. And we ended up all watching the documentary again and we all decided to become vegans again. So I am a vegan again and I'm going, I'm going strong this time. I'm almost two weeks in. Oh, which means that I'm pretty much like a vegan expert uh, on all things vegan now. Mm. But um, my issue is this, J.E. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been a vegan for, like I said, about a week and a half. So I'm eating a lot of, you know, good foods, like a lot of a lot of leafy vegetables. OK, okay. a lot of yeah. beans and lentils and rice, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's it's cool. It's cool. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. But the problem I have, and what I don't understand, is that why is it that when you're trying to do the right thing, when you're trying to eat healthy, you end up with the most awful, insidious, uh, uh, d- d- just just evil gas. I mean, it, 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 you normally, I mean, okay, we all, you know, we all experience flatulence at one point or the other. Okay. It comes here and there, but when you're eating healthy, when you're eating a bunch of vegetables and beans, it's just another, there's levels to this thing. It's, it's another, and it's not like, it's not even like the, the, the loud ones that, you know, just like, and everybody knows, like it's those just quiet, just the, the silent, violent killers. That's what it's like a poisonous gas. Just nobody knows. But it's those ones, J.E., that will clear out an entire section of a house. I, I, I it, you know, I'm clearing out the whole downstairs, J.E., and it just doesn't stop. It just keeps going. And I'm like, why? I, you know, it, one of the main reasons why I'm trying to do it. I want to be healthy. I feel like, you know, God designed our bodies. I'm trying to eat the natural foods that you designed our bodies to run, you know, well off of. And it's like I'm getting punished in return. I'm sure the long-term benefits will be great. I'm sure I'll see, you know, the return probably in my 60s and 70s, and that's great, okay? But right now, number one, I can't have chicken, okay? That's a problem, yeah, and, it's a problem. And, and it's it's a struggle. But number two, I am constantly gaseous clay, and mm. I don't understand. It's like I'm the greatest of all time. Ooh, not, 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 not in that arena. <laughs> and that's not the arena that you want to be, <laughs> that's, that's, the world's greatest. No. no. I'm the world's greatest. <laughs> you don't want to be that great at that, BD. Man. So that's my hearing of grievance, J.E. I'm trying to do the right thing. Why is it that when you eat the right foods, it's like a gift and a curse? Like, 
you know, have you experienced, I know you, you, you've had your, you know, as Slim Rev, you've had your times when you've, you know, ate healthy oh, and yeah. Oh, experienced, yeah. <clears throat> have you experienced the same thing? BD, 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 there's nothing worse than being bloated. See, there's a friend mm-hmm. that sticks closer than a brother. Okay. And that's your stomach. Right. And I think when you have built up a camaraderie with you and your stomach and your stomach has been used to great, succulent, oily, fatty, juicy foods. Right. And then you make a decision without talking to your stomach. Mm. And then your stomach's like, oh, word, that's what we doing? Right. I, I, a small intestines, large intestines. That's what I need for you to do. Mm-hmm. He done, He didn't even have a conversation with us, letting us know that he's going to start eating a bunch of veggies. So it. what I need for us to do, mm-hmm. we need to revolt. Mm. I think we, sometimes we make decisions without our nearest and dearest friend, bro. And so when you make the switch so suddenly, mm. see, 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 with, the, see, with anybody, you have to have a conversation with. You have to send them down and say, hey, here's some green beans. What you think? <laughs> what you think? I hear some spin. I'm sending some spinach down. But when you're sending all of that and you ain't sending the stomach, no chicken, no burger for weeks. Mm. Yeah. Oh, they're going to be like, you know what? Oh, that's what we're doing. Right. So so what I think it is, man, <clears throat> you have to subtly trans only like you, <clears throat> you have to subtly go out on the break. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You have to, you have to suddenly, you know, what I'm saying? Oh, you know, they don't took transition away, bro. We can't even talk. Talking about transitional offense or nothing like that, BD. Hey, bro. It's a but, transition. But you got to, yeah, just, just got to go out on the break, man. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, but what I'm trying to say, man, hey, man, there ain't nothing worse than being bloated, man. I just realized there's just certain foods, even on the healthy side, that, that are just not tailored to me, BD. Mm. And, or, 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 we got to start talking to our moms, man. See, what I think we're doing when you go vegan, you go, commercial vegan mm. you gotta ask your mom how long do i soak these beans mm. see see with the beans i got the beans in the can that's probably where i'm messing no up. that's where you're messing up you gotta soak them things overnight bd mm. you got you got you gotta you gotta get that good brown rice and learn how to cook it right and simmer it right bd trust me trust me i had the conversation bro mm. okay. but honestly bd i um there ain't nothing worse than being gaseous clay bd There'd be a there'd be nice. I'm like, man, I'm bloated again, bro. Bruh, every night. And I'm like, bro, I got a wife, you know what I mean, that has to deal with this. There's nothing worse than no, being see, under the sheets. See, and, you disrespectful Dixon BD. You'll disrespect you di- <laughs> see, see, I at least I have the decency to remove myself. Bruh, I try, man. Like one time I just had to stop, drop, and roll. Like I just had to roll up. <laughs> She was like, what are you doing? I was like, babe, trust me. I just saved your life. And she watches you roll out the bedroom door. <laughs> crawl. But there's nothing worse than being locked. There's BD when you locked by bloatation. Right. Man, it is the it is like crawling out of a fiery house, BD. Because when your stomach locks up. <laughs> and bro, you you uh, it's the worst is when you walk it out of your sleep, bro. And I'm in a fetal position, but there's no worse pain than extreme bloating, bro. Because it, I'm like, sick. Because hmm? it, I mean, like when you're asleep, it kind of, I mean, I don't think it comes out while you sleep. But then no. when you like, when it just becomes so much that it wakes you up, 
it's like you've got just a string of uh, <clears throat> just evil gas just ready to release. And bro, and, bro, and you got to move it around. You got to work it. Because sometimes it be, when it gets locked up in the chest, in the back, Ooh. when it gets when it gets locked up, baby. When it gets all the way up there. Man, bro, my heart started beating crazy. I'm like, oh, what's this? And I'm waking up thinking I'm dead, like I'm dying, bro. <laughs> man, I'm like, man, I look at certain foods and I just give them the side eye, BD. Mm. Why you got to be so good, bro? Why you got to be so healthy, bro? Honestly, let's have a real honest conversation, man. Conspiracy alert, conspiracy alert, conspiracy alert. Oh, boy, here we go. I don't think half these vegetables that we eat, that they push in front of us, was made by God, BD. See, your body rejects things on purpose, BD. Do you know know broccoli's a hybrid vegetable? Look up hybrid foods, foods that was made in labs, bro. J.E., broccoli is not made in a lab. So so I want you to research hybrid vegetables. And you'll look up hybrid vegetables right now, and you'll see the most gaseous causing foods. Let me fact check you right now. I feel like we got to fact do check a me, BD. Fact check me, BD. J. <laughs> conspiracy alert! Conspiracy alert! Right. Conspiracy alert! You got to fact BD, check me, BD. Hybrid. Okay, according to Livestrong.com, which is questionable because that's like not why. Are you, why are you going to the? Why are you going to the questionable sites? Go to something legit, BD. Don't be trying to <laughs> try to go try to scroll past all the legit sites, bro. I'm trying to uh, spooniversity.com. I'm scared of that. I'm not sure what's gonna come up. See you, you, you see, trying to make me look crazy, bro. Let me, let me go to my, let me go to my computer, bro. <laughs> Hybrid vegetables. Is there not a Wikipedia on this? Wikipedia is always legit. Oh man, you trust Wikipedia? <laughs> bro, you trust mainstream news, BD? Oh my gosh. Which vegetables are man-made? This is a list of high plant hybrids created intentionally or by chance and exploited commercially in agriculture and horticulture. The hybridization event mechanism is documented where known along with the authorities who described it. Okra, mm-hmm. kiwi fruit. What in the world? CBD? Mm-hmm. Cabbage, broccoli, cauliflower, kale. Pecans. I've been eating Brussels, Brussels sprouts, collard greens. It comes off of a tree. The trees were man-made, BD. Seeds. All you got to do is make the seeds, BD. Oranges, peanuts, bananas, almonds, grapefruit. Strawberries. Come on, BD. Now your mind's... Thank you. The light bulb has been lit. This is Wikipedia, which you said is questionable. Now keep reading other... Keep going. Look at you. Look at you scared. (laughs) Look at you. Look at you scared, bro. And why do you think the meats that we eat are the most retarded meats? Excuse the word retarded. Chickens don't pump. fly. Turkeys don't fly. Hmm? Yeah, and they pump them with pigs. Autumn. Pigs, pigs look crazy. Okay. Come on, man. We live we live in a world where Satan is running rampant, bro. But this is the good guys channel, so we're gonna get off this. If you want all those to keep, <laughs> conspiracy alert, conspiracy alert, conspiracy alert. You need to start a conspiracy channel. That's what you need to start. Nah, man, I ain't doing that on no YouTube, bro. J E B missing. <laughs> anyway. Here's how I'll tie it into relationships, which is what we talk about here on the Good Guys Podcast. If you are in a relationship, and not just a relationship, marriage, well, a relationship as well, there's gas etiquette that you should follow, okay? 
Yeah. Let's spell the word gas. First, get out. <laughs> That's a good number one. Get out and A, surround. Oh, the surround starts with an S. Yes, mm. it does. Make sure you have the right things around you. Mm-hmm. Water, because you might be on the ground for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make sure you have water around you. Make sure you have some type of device, because watch a movie, because you're going <laughs> to be there for a while. Mm. S. Mm. Get used to the smells, man. Get used to the smells. Yeah. Because, man, some things you'll never think your body will send out. <laughs> Bro, there'd be times I'm like, bruh, good. Am I going to die? Oh, crack a window. Mm. Go go to a room where you can open a window. Because right. you might die. That's methane gas, bro. Do you know Do you know the gas that we produce is like methane? Mm. I bruh, believe it. it. Yeah. Anyway. I think the ability <clears throat> to pass gas around your significant other is a significant step in the growth of your relationship and that's a good thing but i think there's levels to it where you have to know all right you know if i'm cranking out you know when you're cranking out that toxic gas um you know when the the loud ones they're normally you know harmless those are the ones that you know you want to crank out around your partner so you guys have that security and knowing that i can pass gas around you but if you're cranking out those silent methane toxic you know situations you have to use etiquette okay because that's how you could ruin a relationship in its infancy stages okay if you're cranking out it like that you know it it, you guys might be perfect for each other within god's will you know uh for 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 each other purposes align and all of that but if Mm. you're cranking out that kind of gas and it's too early in the relationship oh you can ruin the will of god for you guys's life yeah, with that man. kind of gas. Okay. So you want to step outside if possible. You want to crack a window. Um, you know, if you're married and you're cranking out that kind of gas, look, don't, don't, don't let those go in the bed under the no, covers. Man. You know, right, you, no. Stop, drop, and roll. Stop, drop, roll. Get out. Make sure you have the right things around you. Um, so, uh, uh, whatever else with S was. Oh, well. Bro, first off, <clears throat> there is nothing worse. We're talking about for those in a dating phase. Right. Bro, you got to find ways to get out, man. Don't Because some, sometimes when your stomach locks up, because when your stomach locks up and you make the wrong move, it's a wrap. Mm. You got to just, you just got to, you got to know how to get out of the conversation. You get <laughs> to the nearest bathroom. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how y'all women hold it, man. Y'all help y'all y'all hold gas for the whole dating relationship. Right. Us, I'd be like, oh yeah, I gotta go wash my hands. <clears throat> you gotta oh, come up with something. Oh yeah. You gotta come up with something, cause boy, I'm about to light this whole restaurant up. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to it's about to light it up, BP. But yeah, man, that's a it's it's one of those things people don't want to talk about, but you gotta be prepared for. Um, when, when you transit or when you go out on the break of of going from eating unhealthy to healthy make sure you have the conversation with your stomach send it down there slowly man don't don't just hit them hard like out of nowhere they're not used to processing those kind of foods Mm. they're used to processing heavy artillery meats you know what i'm saying milks cheeses 
you send down vegetables and them vegetables got all those chlorophyll and green things in there and your stomach's like, what is this? Mm. It's called it causes a reaction that your stomach's not used to. So you just gotta send them down slowly, man. Okay. And also watch out for those hybrid foods, man. The devil's been in the kitchen. I don't know what to eat anymore. Told you. Anyway, we're gonna keep it moving into <clears throat> the main topic of the day. And we've got a good one today. Um, it's it's definitely uh, a major topic, a major issue that a lot of single people deal with. And so we're going to tackle it here today. We're going to talk about four reasons why you should wait until marriage to have sex. Like I said, it's a very serious topic because sex is a very, um, very spiritual act. It's a very, you know, deeply emotionally involved act that I think our society has um, made light of, but it actually is very impactful. So we're going to talk about four reasons why you should wait until marriage to have sex. All right. The first of which being because God said so. Yeah. Simple as that. It's as simple as that. God says and in, in, the, in the Bible that we should abstain from sexual relations until we're married. And if for no other reason, as a Christian especially, you just have to trust that God knows what's best for us, for our bodies, for our minds, for our spirit. You know, he said it for a reason. So... I'll let you expound on that one, J.E., but I mean, it, it, you know, and we'll talk about more reasons in depth. But the first one, because God said so. Yeah, it's that, it's that simple. <clears throat> I mean, it's not like God says so without serious reasons why. You know, I think many of us, we get so caught up on um, God being this, keeping us away from fun. He's the inventor of sex, not Trey Songs. You see what I'm saying? And when you understand that he invented it, that he created it, then he knows the best way to use it. The safest place for sex is between two people who are married and both are submitted to God. No other place is sex safe. He wants marriage is the safest place. A God-centered marriage is the safest place for sex. Not even two married people without God. Sex is not safe there because the man may look for sex somewhere else. The woman may look for sex from somewhere else. But a God-centered marriage is the only safest, is the safest place for sex because God is in the midst. Sex was meant to be the last gift you received on your wedding day. It was meant to be the last gift, the only gift that God gives, the last gift that God gives couples, because he knows that when he, uh, 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 the, because he knows that that engagement between the male and the female and the man and the woman, the husband and the wife is in the right environment, the marriage where God governs, the marriage where God rules, the marriage where God is in the midst of. And when pe both people are making love and not lust, it's because they both have been engaged or embraced the love of God. See, perfect love casts out all fear. When a single man and a single woman has both been embraced by God's love, then they know how to make sacrificial love. Because in marriage, you're not going to always want to have sex. Contrary to popular belief, you're not going to always want to because the lust is out of it. So we have been programmed from the lust side of sex. 
the perverted version of sex, which is lust. So what we do is when we when you're dating, when you're meeting somebody or whatever, it's it's more electric that way because there's no commitment. There's the car sex. There's the airplane bathroom sex. That's the there's the kinky sex. There's the we we about to get caught. Sex. It's something about almost getting caught or doing something the wrong way that makes it more electric. That makes it more enticing. That's the wrong type of environment for sex. Right. But when sex is in marriage and lust has been taken out of it, now here comes the real challenge that I have to love make. You know, I have right. to make love. And when you have the love of God in you, you have more, you don't, you have not empathy, but you have understanding that, that lo- sex is deeper than just a physical act. Look, I love this person. I want to be one with this person because I'm one with God. You're not going to be one with another person if you have yet to be one with God, because he's going to be the one that shows you what love is because he's the architect of this love. And that's a that's a crazy point that you made about how, you know, and, and that's how our society has just kind of like perverted active <clears throat> sex to where like when you have when you're having sex before marriage, it is like it's that lustful sex is that, you know, I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing, you know, uh, and, and there's that excitement that comes from that. But it's like that's really not how sex is designed to be it could because like you said when you when you're married it is different it's a different act you know it's a spiritual act it's it's love making and a lot of people when you're having sex before marriage you have that rush you have that you know that feeling and then when they get married it's different because like you said there's other things attached to it there's there's discipline there's sacrifice there's Mm -hmm. you know living with that person seeing their best and their worst and then you're put setting all that aside and still making love to that person and you know it's different it's different from the type of you know sex that you have outside of marriage but it's good and that's how it's supposed to be it's a lot like um when i when i'm reading into becoming you know a vegan and things like that people talk about how uh when it comes to your food the foods that they like the McDonald's and the Burger Kings and the fast foods of the world, they're pumped with so much, you know, uh, uh, salt, sodium and, and salt and things that like make you like they stimulate, you know, your taste buds in a way that they're not even really designed to be stimulated, like beyond exactly. what they need to be stimulated. And so we get desensitized and feel like that's what food is supposed to taste like. Those are the things that I'm supposed to experience when I'm eating food. When in all actuality, the more healthy foods um, that God created, like the natural, the plants and things like that, they don't like hit your taste buds like that. But your taste buds aren't supposed to be like overly stimulated by that food. So your taste buds will be used to the healthy food, which is actually good, which is actually nourishing for you. Mm -hmm. I liken it to like, you know, eating uh, a meal of, you know, uh, marriage within uh, sex within marriage, like a a, a, a a chicken breast, broccoli and brown rice dinner. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not going to taste as exotic and and it's not going to hit your taste buds like, you know, a five guys burger with fries. Whew. But it's better for you. <laughs> it yeah. still tastes good. Not, not the same kind of it doesn't taste as good as a five guys burger with fries, but it still tastes good. And it's better for you long term. It's yeah. healthy for you. It's good for you. You can't eat a Five Guys burger and fries every day. It's going to kill you. 
Same thing with sex. You can't just be out here having sex all willy-nilly, giving yourself, giving parts of yourself to different people. It's going to kill you. It's going to kill your purpose. It's going to kill, you know, the the destiny that uh, and purpose that God has for you. And that's how it is, man. They advertise the the like with fast food. They advertise the look of it, the taste of it, but they never advertise the results of it. Right. You know, you never seen a sex commercial or the innuendos talking about the divorce rate or talking about the cheating, talking about the lack of self-control. They're not going to advertise that because the devil consumes himself, wants to, us to be consumed with immediate satisfaction. And right. that's what happens. That's why the Bible says don't awake in love before it's time. Because if you mm. awake in love before it's time, you're going to realize that you're not mature enough to manage what comes with that. See, when you awaken something like these young kids or people in their 20s <clears throat> or anyone, when you awaken that part of your body and your body now registers that person as this is the person I'm supposed to be with. All of a sudden now you you now you all caught up in the feelings, but you're not mature enough to manage those feelings. And that's why I have here like making love is like being fit. Making lust is like being unhealthy. Like It, it takes discipline to be fit. It takes right. discipline to, to be in shape. It's right. easy to go out there and have sex. That's why the enemy wants it out there in the streets to be advertised as something so enjoyable that now when you're waking your body for his time, not even God himself. Now, I'm not saying I'm not putting limits on God, but once those things are awakened, it's going to take extra, extra work. to un You can't undo what you have first done sometimes. Right. Sometimes you can't undo what you first done because once you do it the first time and been experienced with it, now your eyes are like, oh, shoot. Now you're open to a whole new world. <laughs> That's right. And like, yeah, when certain some things, some actions that we take, God's always going to forgive us. Oh, yeah. He's going to forgive us. You know, and there's always a new start for you. There's always fresh beginnings. But the consequences <clears throat> are going to be there. <laughs> Man, God, listen, let me tell you something. God. God, listen, God, like BD said, God will, God can forgive you for, for anything, man. But one thing God never does, he never takes those consequences away. You have that baby that he ain't like, oh, okay, here's your second chance without the child. Nope. <laughs> child stays. You forgiven. The child stays. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, so we getting ahead of ourselves with some of these points, <clears throat> but because God says so, man, like he's the inventor of it. He created it and he created everything that he creates has a purpose. When he said, let there be light, the light's still doing its purpose. You see what I'm saying? Everything he says has a purpose. You have to trust the purpose and trust the process and mm. trust him that all these people, all these advertisers, all these things rooted in this world system is designed to get you in the door. Because once you end the door, <clears throat> you're going to want everything behind it. Once you taste and see that something tastes kind of good, be very careful. Not everything that tastes good is good for you. That's right. God says so for a reason because he invented the reason for it and he has a season for it. And one of those reasons <clears throat> that, you know, God doesn't ever said, you know, not to have sex before marriage is because sex is a very spiritual act. It is not just a physical act that, you know, society and our world tries to make it to be. 
It's a very spiritual act. It's a very intimate act. And one of the things that can happen when you do um, have sex before marriage, and it is our number two point, is that you can develop soul ties with the people that you have intercourse with. Not only can you, you will develop those soul ties. Um, and so that's something that you want to avoid. Like that that's unnecessary drama uh, and, and, and issues that you have to, you know, work to undo going forward. So you want to avoid having sex before marriage, number two, because you want to avoid soul ties with the wrong person. Um, once you do that, you know, if you're just giving yourself to random people, um, part of you is is going with that person. Part of them is, is, is coming with you because, like I said, it's a spiritual act. Okay, like J.E. said, your body is thinking like, oh, okay, this is the person that I'm going to be with. This is the person that I'm supposed to be with. Whether or not you're thinking that in your mind, whether or not you're just like, oh, this is just a one night stand, your body is designed by God. So your body is thinking like your spirit man is thinking, oh, okay, I'm supposed to be with this person. And, you know, you're going to end up subconsciously developing an attachment to that person. And once, you know, if that's if that person is not meant to be in your life long term, then once you break up with them, it's that much more difficult to detach from that person and give yourself to somebody else because a part of you is still with them. So you're giving <clears throat> as you keep on going from relationship and person to person, you're giving less and less of yourself to the new person. Uh, and by the time you get to the person you're actually supposed to be with, they're just getting the leftover of what's left of what you were before, you know, when you were still pure. And also all these other spirits from these other people that you've dealt with. So you want to avoid uh, <clears throat> making soul ties unnecessarily with the wrong people. Yeah, most people are completely unaware of just how dark their soul is. The enemy wants us to engage in mature acts when our souls are undeveloped, underdeveloped. He wants our souls to be unhealthy. So when your soul is already toxic with insecurities, toxic with doubt, toxic with resentment, toxic with unforgiveness, and you mix that soul with another person's soul, and they're not mature enough to help you cope with what you're going through already, then all those different particles inside your soul that are toxic are are are, are emboldened. They, they are triggered. And all of a sudden, once those things are triggered in your soul, now you have, like BD says, a subconscious or a conscious effect of attachment. Because now, if that person moves on, now your insecurity's triggered. Now everything that man does, he done got married, had two kids. Now you're triggered emotionally because you thought he was the one or or vice versa. So all these things, because our souls have been underdeveloped and hasn't been matured, when you start doing mature acts like that, then all of a sudden now you're confusing yourself. Now all of a sudden now you're deeply soul tied to a person that was never meant for you. And the enemy loves to us to, and most things, when I say the enemy, <clears throat> most things that he attacks people with, he doesn't individually attack. Satan himself is not omnipresent. He, li he operates in a well-developed system, a system like computerized system. He utilizes social media, utilizes movies, utilizes all these things to send innuendos into your subconscious mind to trigger you to try to engage with what has been advertised. Then when your soul is not mature enough to recognize the innuendos, now you try to go through or in people's windows to make things happen. Then when those things 
happen. Now you have these soulish uh, uh, responses and all of a sudden he knows all I got to do is get a bunch of people whose souls are underdeveloped without Christ's uh, sanctification in it, people engaged in all these different acts. And then once that person acts away from the situation, <coughs> now I can have this person always affected by what this other person does. Because one thing you're never going to forget is your first time doing anything. One thing you're never going to forget is any significant moment. You're going to start comparing sizes. You're going to start comparing movements. You're going to start doing all these different things because your soul is connected. That's why God wants your soul first. So when your soul has been developed, your soul is your mind, emotions, and will. In your mind are your thoughts, perspectives, are your, um, uh, what else I got in my book? Your, what you know about life. Um, a lot of different things is when your soulish realm in your mind. And so when your mind has been confused and your emotions have been triggered, you start making physical actions. And then people don't understand, like BD said earlier, there's levels to this. And when your deep, dark soul gets connected with the wrong person, whatever that person does, if they were significant to you, you are affected. That's why it's best uh, um, to, to just wait till marriage, because then you'll be prepared for the right one that's able to guard your soul. You're not looking through his phone. You're not wondering where she's at. You're not insecure. You're not afraid that she might leave. You're not able to correct her and wash her with the word because you're afraid if you tell her the truth, she'll leave because every other girl left. You got to be able to be your own individual solid in God so that you're able to hold your position well and not have insecurities of she might leave, he might leave, or all these different things because you're still soulishly connected to someone when you were 17, 22, 26, etc. Absolutely. And that's that's leads into uh, our third point um, as far as like, you know, creating those soul ties uh, with other people and sleeping with other people what that does is that messes you up and, and confuses your body, um, you know, for the person that you're actually supposed to be with. And that's number three, to avoid confusing your body um, and, and avoid, you know, making unfair comparisons to the true <clears throat> love of your life. That's something that happened when you, when you end up, you know, sleeping with multiple people, when you're sleeping around, like J.E. said, you're getting all these different experiences. You're getting all these different spirits attached to you. By the time you get to the person that God has for you, you know, you have a whole lot of you have a lot of other factors into the equation that you're looking at when you're going through that experience with your actual you've married this person. Now, this is your wife. This is your husband. You're not going to just forget about those other experiences that you had. You're not going to forget about the other body types, the other, you know, like J.E. said, sizes, movements, you know, experiences <clears throat> like that stuff can bring, you know, comparisons that don't need to be there. So instead of focusing on just making love to that person and, 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 and you know, connecting spiritually with that person. You're thinking about these external factors that shouldn't even be in the equation. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it causes you to make comparisons. You're comparing, I, I'm sorry, you're comparing the love of your life, the person that God has for you, to all these other people that didn't even need to be in your life at all. And sometimes that can cause, you know, problems in marriages. They're like, oh, you know, 
uh, he's a good guy, but you know, the sex just isn't, you know, it's not, you know, what I thought it would be. It's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not all of that. He's not like this other guy. The other guy was cheating on you. The other guy, you know, wasn't loyal to you. The other guy wasn't treating you good, had no relationship with God, wasn't ready to water you with the word, like none of that. But you're comparing one aspect of it to, you know, the sex life within your marriage. And that's, you know, that's completely destructive and it's unnecessary. And sometimes that happens whether or not you realize it. Even if it's subconsciously, you're comparing them, you know, to your past experiences. And that just distorts your view um, of your, 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 the spouse that God has for you. And that's real. That's why we're reiterating that there's levels to it. And lovemaking is seeing beyond the flaws, seeing beyond the, the work, um, seeing beyond the argument from yesterday. Love is love keeps no record of wrong. Love keeps no record of the <coughs> rights, the rights of the past. You see what I'm saying? And because there's, because if you keep having multiple partners and you continue to practice these sexual um, practices, man, it's going to affect your performance in a marriage because 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 come on, man. You know, if you really want a God fearing man, a God fearing woman, if you want people who really care about the things of God and care about all those different things, but you're carrying lust into the relationship, lust is never satisfied. So it doesn't matter if your wife is actually throwing it back really well. It doesn't matter if your man is a pretty decent size. Lust is never satisfied. Lust will always tell you that ain't enough. Right. That Because the moment lust will always look for reasons to look away, to look outside of your marriage. Lust will always be like, oh, y'all got in an argument. Remember Jimmy back in the day? He, he His car only had three wheels, but he never argued. You know what I'm saying? Now you start thinking about old past things because you forgot marriage is work. If you think that sex is going to save your marriage, you think sex is the a number one flotation device that keeps your marriage afloat, you're lying to yourself. If you're thinking that sex is going to be amazing, what I'm talking about, if you have a lustful heart, it won't be amazing in marriage if lust is the reason. If it's always about selfish, self-seeking satisfaction. See, marriage, sex in marriage is about being, is about selfless love. It's about pleasing the other person without expecting pleasure. Now, because when you do that, when you have that mindset, you're going to be pleased right back because your wife or husband's going to feel genuine uh, 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 servanthood. They're going to feel like, oh, you don't you don't want nothing from me. You want to please me. And people are afraid of that. So they want what they want. Let me get this off. Let me get my rocks off. Let me just get mine versus, you know what? Love is about giving. Love is about service. Love is about taking care of this person without expectation. Let me because, say something real go, quick. Go ahead, BD. And I'm not even. And I'm not even. Like I'm not trying to be funny. I feel you, BD. Mm-hmm. But God says it in the Bible. <laughs> it is better to give than to receive. It's better to give. Than now receive. that that goes across the whole <laughs> spectrum of marriage, right? So, yeah. like, just period and and, and life period. Like it is literally better to give than to receive when you are looking to bless other people, you know, monetarily that you get the feeling and fulfillment that you get from that is better than receiving money. It really it is Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. when you're receiving money, it's great, but you're always going to want more. The only thing that's really going to satisfy you is being able to be in a position to bless other people in marriage. The same concept applies, whether that's, you know giving to your wife, like, Hey, how can I serve my wife? 
How can I, you know, be a better husband? How can I, what can I do for her to make her life easier? How can I assist her? That's how you really get satisfaction and enjoyment out of a marriage. Like it's not, hey, what can she do for me? What can he do for me? You won't be satisfied within that marriage. You'll always be looking for something else. Same goes for sex. It's better to give than to receive. When two people are looking to give to one another within that act, it's going to be more enjoyable for both people. Like I said, it's a different kind of pleasure and enjoyment than the sex that, like I said, society portrays. But that's the that's what will really, truly satisfy you. What we come into marriage with and what we are fed by society, that kind of lust will never satisfy you. That's why you see so many marriages where, you know, somebody's cheating or somebody's looking at pornography and things like that, because that stuff never satisfies you. When you're looking to get from it, when you're looking to fulfill your fleshly desires, it's never going to satisfy. You're always going to want more. So if you're coming to marriage and you're trying to fulfill those lustful desires, it's not going to hit for you. It's not going to slap like you think it's going to slap. You're going to be like, you know, I, I need more. I need some pornography. I need to go find, you know, somebody on the side because she's going to do the things that, you know, I feel like my wife should be doing. But that's in, it's not going to satisfy you. It's not going to satisfy you. So, <clears throat> yes, it is better to give than to receive. And that's something that, you know, we just have to incorporate in life, period, in marriage, in all aspects. And yeah, man, don't be confused by people compromising for the max contract. Because most people in dating relationships, they only compromise and have sex because they want that max contract. They want marriage. They want this. People are people will do whatever to get what they want. And you have to understand that once you get married, there's a dip, a wife is different, man. Right. A wife is different than a little girlfriend that just that's making that that wants to make love with you or, or make lust with you because of your name, because of who you are. Right. Or that man that's pursuing you because he want to lock you up in the hood to make sure nobody else get a baby and make sure nobody else wants you. Right. <clears throat> a husband and a wife are different entities. They are different individuals. There, there, there's nuances in marriage. There's, there's sex is not going to always be on demand in marriage. Um, people are tired. If you if, like people, people get into marriage thinking their husband going to be a jackrabbit, jackrabbit. Let me tell you something, ladies. Sex is mental for men in marriage. Contrary to pop belief, you think men want sex just to be wanting sex. No, 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 no. When we tired, when our, <laughs> when our minds are bombarded, we're not going to be like jackrabbits. And when we get older, you know what I'm saying? So what we're trying to say is it takes work because right. y'all, because y'all, y'all hit y'all's prime later in life. Our prime's gone. This is true. <laughs> our prime's gone. This so, is so, true. so, so, so when y'all want it, it's a sacrifice sometimes for us. We be like, you know what, man? I'm tired. And vice versa. <clears throat> vice versa. But that's what that's the nuances we're talking about. But if you think in lush, you're gonna make you're gonna you're gonna make your wife feel the pressure to do it. Make your husband feel the pressure to do it versus it being a pleasure to do it. You see what right. I'm saying? And so what we're trying to say is, man, that you don't want to get to a place where you confuse your body. And your body has registered, has sexual partner registrations in your body, registered sex offenders, you see what I'm saying, in your body, saying that, oh, but I thought Jimmy was your husband. Oh, I thought Chelsea was your wife. And all of a sudden, your body's confused because they're like, well, 
it just doesn't fill up the walls like Johnny did, or is or she's not as skilled as Sally was. So who is it? Who is our sexual partner? All right, and also it sets you up. What's the second part? That you don't make comparisons, man. That's the worst thing you can do to a wife or to a husband oh, is man. to make them feel that that they can't fill up the walls, to make them feel that they can't make you feel fulfilled. Right. You have to get to a place. We're going to get to that. I have some points we don't even know about real quickly of how to stay pure after you have been impure. What do you know what I mean by that? Let's get to the last point, BD, because the last point is pretty quick. <clears throat> yeah, so the last point is, um, you know, we've talked about, you know, the spiritual um, aspects of it, but there's also just a, a common sense, just a physical aspect to it as well. Why you should not have sex before marriage, and that is... Look, STDs is rampant out here. Yeah, man. All right. Um, you know, you could end up yeah, having an uninspected pregnancy. You know, look, children aren't a blessing, but hey, when they come before the time, when they come outside of, you know, a marriage, you don't know what that other person's going to do. Um, so you could end up being a single parent. You know, you could end up, you know, and that, and that takes your focus away from what God's purpose for you was so these are just things that you know look these are things that and that like i said god designed this okay god designed our bodies god you know before we were born he planned out our lives and what our purpose was he has a perfect will for us but we can throw wrenches you know we can throw wrenches in that by making decisions that like i said like we talked about early in the podcast he'll forgive you and that doesn't mean that you know his will for your life is destroyed um, but you might have to take a detour. So he'll forgive you for the act. Absolutely. He could still use you. Absolutely. There's still a purpose and a plan for your life. Absolutely. 100%. But when you make some of these decisions, especially when it comes to sex, because it is such a spiritual act, it is something that God created for the confines of marriage. There will be con there, there can be consequences and those consequences can be permanent. So those are some of the things that you have to think about. Like the numbers on STDs are astronomical. Like you pretty much are guaranteed almost to come up, come up with an STD if you're out here sleeping around. And likewise with the pregnancies, you know, like I said, children are a blessing. Children are a blessing, but children are a lot of responsibility. So if you're not, you know, mature enough to handle having a child if you're not financially you know stable enough to have a child those those are just you know obstacles and struggles that can be unnecessarily placed in your life before you know it's time for those things that can you know derail or just postpone you know what's your purpose and god's plan for your life is yeah man that's why marriage with two people submitted to god is the safest place for sex man man it is the safest because you don't know what the other person is going to do. Because if you're, if you married to the wrong person, that person still probably got a whole roster in his phone. <clears throat> she probably still got emotional uh, issues, emotional wounds in her heart. And so that's why it's important to understand what sex was designed for. Sex was designed to bring couples, uh, bring a husband and wife closer together to, to also um, produce godly seed. 
and and to enjoy. And and if you do these things outside of its proper environment, you will suffer the consequences of it. Because if you have a kid with the wrong person, that man can up and leave. That man, that woman can be crazy. You really want to be in that child's life, but she wants to control you because she's emotionally wounded. So she's going to try to manipulate you because she don't want to see you happy. And that, that Jezebel spirit in her wants control. <clears throat> so she knows how to control you through your child. And that's why I always thought three or four moves ahead, man. Like I, I couldn't, I can't imagine what some people are going through right now, man. I, and as some of y'all are watching this right now and you're like, man, and I wish I heard this years ago. But God is good, man. God can redeem the time. God can help you. You just got to make sure you understand the importance of discipline going forward, understanding the importance of the divine support going forward and understand that this society that we live in is perpetuating this type of philosophy or propaganda to get us in situations where we are overburdened with consequences. Like imagine, I promise you, there is not a person or a sexual act that is worth these consequences is not it's best to wait till you're married because number one you know that person's a solid person when you wait till marriage that's a solid sent person by god so i'm good number two you know for a fact that you are all the way prepared for it right f you know for a fact that you're married to the right person that's your friend friend and e you know marriage is safe. You know when you prepare for it is safe. It's when you can actually enjoy it without error. You see what I'm saying? Marriage is safe because you know that person is solid and sent by God. You know marriage is safe. You know you're ready for it and you marry is when you know you're all the way healed. F you know for a fact because that person is a friend to you. And then you know for a fact that you're empty of all resentment. And all of a sudden you also you get to enjoy it without error. I'm telling you, there's a lot of consequence that comes outside of marriage. And I hate to think, like my mama would say, because I don't got time to be itching. <laughs> Listen, we already talked about gas before. I don't got mm. time to have gas and itching, too. Ooh. And I got to worry about baby mama drama. But real quick, man, before we go, quick points. Yeah. How to stay pure going forward. I know we talked a lot of points about this, and I know a lot of people are watching this with a little bit of they triggered, not triggered in a bad way, but just triggered emotionally. Um, you're, you're emotional. I understand that you have had partners and all that kind of stuff, but how to go pure going forward. And I also have a book that will help you all untie soul ties real quickly. Get this book right here. The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds. It goes a little bit deeper on soul ties for you and helps you process it. But for to help you right now, how to go pure going forward, so that you don't so that you can be purified and ready for a relationship or to avoid the propaganda of society getting your pants off. Number one, P, discover your purpose and dive deep into it. What kept me pure? These six books came out of second. <laughs> These books came from sexual frustration. <laughs> I'm joking, <clears throat> but partially true. You see what I'm saying? You don't produce 1400 videos, six or seven books, card games out of nowhere it distracts you you see what i'm saying from getting into uh impure situations discover and dive deep into your purpose and also embrace the process of purity if you've ever had sexual past in your past and you're like man okay but you have to embrace the process it's going to be difficult and sometimes your past actions can lengthen the process you have to be okay with that if you if you did some deep dark stuff 
it's going to take a certain type of duration for that stuff to be removed. It's called common sense. If I had a paper cut and all I did was make out with girls or kiss a girl, uh, a soul tie can be taken away that quick. But if you have 14, 15 partners and you got their personalities and your mind is all messed up, you got to be okay with the process. You got to be okay with being single for a longer period of time than somebody based upon your cooperation because you can have a sprained ankle and if you don't cooperate with the doctor's orders, you're going to you're going to have a longer recovery time or you may co- co- recover improperly. But if you embrace the process, you may be put back on your feet quicker. But you got to cooperate with the process of purity and realize, you know what? I'm not ready for love. I'm not ready for somebody else because there's been a crazy philosophy out there. The best way to get over somebody is get up under somebody else. That's stupidity. That's because stupid. now you're you adding more garbage on top of the dirt than the garbage is in your heart already. So, P, you got to discover your purpose and dive deep into it and embrace the process. You, you got to uproot the root reason why you're insecure or got into that situation. What is the root reason why you're practicing impure acts? Is it because of insecurities, because of what your mama said, what your daddy said, because of what you thought you grew up without? What is the root reason? In order to walk in a pure relate, a pure impurity, you got to uproot the root reason, because if not, you're going to repeat that reason. Or you got to recognize and walk in your purpose and your worth. E, you got to enjoy God and know that he's enough. If not, you're going to be back in the rough doing dirty stuff. That's how you walk pure going forward. Recognize your purpose, embrace the process, uproot the root reason and go into the real reason of your life R. recognize your worth and walk in it and E enjoy God, know that he's enough. That's how you go pure going forward and get the book, uh, uh, the purpose of freedom. It'll help you with those soul ties and strongholds. That's it. BD. Absolutely. And I'm glad you went over that there at the end. <clears throat> Because I know there's a lot of listeners out there who, you know, look, look, society has made it to where like it's straight up weird, like to be a virgin. Like, yeah, I, I, it's crazy. Like in today's society, it's like you are like a, a, a dinosaur, like you're an ancient artifact. If you are saving yourself for marriage, that's how bad our society <clears throat> has made it. And so there's a lot of people who, you know, have already, you know, had partners and things like that. And that's, you know, look, that doesn't mean, like we said, that doesn't mean that, you know, God's purpose for you is Roland or anything like nah, that. Nah, But what we are saying is like J.E. said, hey, going forward, hey, walk in righteousness, man. Like, know that God is enough. You know, pursue your purpose and things like that. Don't build more on top of, you know, uh, what you <clears throat> already have. Work with God and let him, you know, purify those things and, and, and get you ready for the person that he has for you. So don't waste any more time. Don't make, you know, don't make any more, uh, create any, any new ties. Let's get rid of the old ones and let's get ready for the person that God has for you and walking forward in your purpose that he has for you. So, and listen, man, it's nothing wrong with saving yourself. I know you may be 26 and a virgin. I know people talking about you. Trust me. I had to do it. I went through it. It's okay. It's okay to be a virgin because they, he who laughs last, Laughs best, my friend. Mm. So everybody else laughing at you now. But when you see their pictures full of kids and different baby mamas, mm. you have a field day laughing, not laughing at their troubles, but laughing because you're enjoying the peace you have in your life right now. It is well worth the wait, my friends. Trust me. Delayed gratification, <clears throat> man. 
Delayed, yeah. You, yeah, d- discipline is is pivotal for success in every area. Every area. You must always delay gratification. You must always delay it. Because if you if you need it desperately, oh, there's a lot of things that comes in the package of desperation, my brother. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, that's all we've got for that. I hope that was a blessing to you guys. Um, hope that was a- added value to our listeners. If it did, definitely feel free to hop in the comments. Uh, let us know what you got from this, um, from that particular topic. Um, but we're going to keep it moving. And for the first time ever, we have an Ask the Good Guys segment. All right. All right. And I want to encourage you guys going forward. Hey, we say it every week. Um, hey, shoot us a question in the comment section. We read our comments. We try to respond. Um, but if you have a question that you want us to talk about on the show, shoot it to us in the comment section. And we'll do, uh, we'll do our best to pick a question and talk about it. Um, on an episode of the Good Guys Podcast. So we've got one today from Monique. I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong. Fagon? 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 I'm going to go with Fagon. Yeah, yeah. That's closer. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go with Fagon. Yeah, we'll go with Fagon. Um, and the question that she has is, uh, I'll just read her comment. Love the vid as always. So informative. I would like your opinion on this. What are your views of a couple, a married couple, where the uh, where the woman earns far more and the man basically collects a little above minimum wage? I would guess that the wife is the breadwinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and Je, I'll let you start off answering that one. But um, yes, the wife that that would make the wife the breadwinner. Um, yeah. Je, how do you feel about that? <clears throat> yeah. Um, there's two stages. Um, if you're in a dating relationship, I would give pause. If you're married, you got to continue to cause. Let's start with the dating relationship for those who are dating. Um, first off, let me tell you my story. My wife makes more money than me. But the thing about us being in a Christian God-centered relationship, her bringing the, her bringing more money doesn't remove my position as the head of the house. You see what I'm saying? So when you have a biblical perspective, there are certain things in the Bible that supersede certain things. So my position as the man or the head of the house supersedes how who brings the most money in. Now, I bring money in. Don't get me wrong. So there's a difference between this gentleman. We'll talk about that later. So it's not like I'm bringing significantly less, but she brings more. But the good thing about my wife, she doesn't allow that to get into her mind or feelings to dictate or try to gain control of the relationship. But also, I have good financial stewardship. See what I'm saying? So as long as the man is 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 financially stable and secure and is a good steward of what is brought in, the woman won't question him. See what I'm saying? So it, it, it there's going to be a lot of couples, relationships where or marriages where the man or the woman makes more money than the man, but the man should not let that attack his ego. You see what I'm saying? Because if he's a man made by God. He is already a man that's able to steward money, who's not allowing that his wife makes more than money than him to make him feel less than a man, nor will his wife make him feel less than a man because she brings more money. Now, now, now let's get to the real. Not everybody's secure enough to handle that, young lady. Not right. every man is secure enough to handle that because he doesn't have a clear biblical worldview on who he is as head of the house. You see what I'm saying? Now, um, um, the importance is having that conversation. 
especially before you get married, because there's a lot of good men who are because we live in a society. Come on, man. We live in a society where a lot of women are entering into workforces that makes more than some men who are more handyman. He may have a, he may have a, a, like men who may be entrepreneurs whose business are just getting off the ground. Men who are, are mechanics, <clears throat> uh, welders. You see what I'm saying? Those jobs have caps. There's a lot of women in our society right now who are gaining jobs that's making six figures. See what I'm saying? So, so those, those things have to be taken into consideration and that's Okay. Like my wife is in a field that has a higher cap than my field. You see what I'm saying? But I also have those entrepreneurial endeavors that's coming off the ground that that's going to add, you know, that adds to the pot. But if the man mentally cannot handle that you make more than him, if you're dating, then you got to give that relationship pause. If you have a man that's making less than you and y'all married, y'all got to have a greater cause to keep y'all going forward. The cause is this is a God-centered marriage. The cause of this marriage, the purpose that we're pursuing is not about tick for tack and who makes more. It's about what are we doing together? What in, in, uh, enterprise or empire are we building together? What Because it's all one pot. Right. So so if it's two pots, then there's a problem. But if it's one pot and y'all are y'all have a purpose and a cause for the marriage, do not allow that to distract y'all from going forward. And, and and if a man has an ego problem, he has to go to God about that. Keep making your money. You know what I'm saying? And give that concern of your husband to God. God, my husband's tripping. He's concerned. And that's where you start entering into the kindness category. The Bible says kindness heaps a coal of fire on a person's head, meaning it renews their mind. If you got a husband that's kind of frustrated, make sure the frustration is not coming from you, that you're not walking around the house, belittling him, walking around the house talking about we're not going to do this. If you allow that man to operate in his biblical role, even though you make more money than him, or you, if you allow that man to have the right role in his house, even though you have a greater role that makes more money outside the house, there'll be peace in the home. But if that man is struggling and y'all not married, then that man is not mature enough to be married to. Yeah, it was a, um, you said you said a lot of uh, the points that I would that I would, I would advise somebody, um, but yeah, for sure, there's there's a lot of different roles that have to be filled within a marriage. There's a lot of different yeah. um, aspects um, of a marriage. So if you know if if you're in a situation where you know the woman makes more than man, like Jay said, in today's society that happens. It, there's responsibilities on both ends and open, communication has to be open. Communication has to be clear about, you know, how, you know, I would have, you know, communication. I would have communication with him. Hey, does this make you feel any type of way? That's Doesn't right. that mean just be honest? <clears throat> yeah. See where he's at. Um, you know, if he's like a, you know, some men like that'll really bother them. Like some men are prideful. And, you know, they might not say it, but it might be making them feel some type of way. And that kind of stuff can fester and bubble up and then, you know, down the line really cause problems. So you want to keep communication open, make sure that, you know, he's, I guess, you know, like, okay with what's going on. And then also you just have to like establish roles. Like, so if, if the wife is in the position where she's the primary breadwinner, like J.E. said, 
you know, his role, is he good at managing money? Is he good at taking that money and, you know, hey, I'm going to spend, I may not be making much at my job, but I know how to uh, invest in the <coughs> stock, stock market. You know, I, I'm reading up on that. I'm reading up on real estate where mm-hmm. we can put that money and it can grow and we can, you know, it's that like you can do those kinds of things if you're in a field where you're not making you know, you don't have the ability to make, you know, as much as your spouse is. But that that would be the main thing that you didn't already mention, J.E., that I would probably bring up mm-hmm. talking to the man more so, I guess, and to the uh, and to the woman in this situation. You got to kind of look at, you know, like, what is he doing? Like with his, you know, with his son, like when he's not working. That's right. What kind of things are he is he doing? Is he trying mm. to better himself? Is he trying to learn, you know, maybe a new trade? Um, the job that he's working, is that something that he could look into, you know, maybe doing um, and starting a business with that? Maybe he, you know, is a handyman. Maybe he could start his own business. Is he, you know what I mean? Is he trying to better himself and, and increase, you know, his potential earning you know, his earning potential. And again, not saying that that's everything, but as a man, you do want to make sure that you bring in something to the table. Come on. So, you know, if you're in a dating situation <clears throat> and if you were in this situation, you were not married and you were making good money and he's making just above minimum wage. And we're talking, like she said, just above minimum wage. That's a red flag, I would say. I'm yeah. not going to say that can't be a person you know, that you can marry, but that's something you want to talk to that person. Hey, what are your aspirations? You know, where are you trying to go? Because you, if you're making good money, that might be something that you, you know, you're wired that like you have certain goals that you want to reach, you know, um, different people have different levels of financial security that they feel is acceptable. I read a quote, you know, that says basically we don't get what, you know, what we want. We get what we um, tolerate, basically. Yeah. So that level is different for different people. You know, for some people, you know, living in a two bedroom apartment, um, you know, in a nice little apartment complex or whatever is cool. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you might be a person who look, I'm trying to be a CEO of a corporation and have you know, a 20,000 square feet house, well, hey, that might be a, a showstopper because you guys are on two completely different pages. Yeah. If you're already married to the person, well, you got to work that out. That's not something that should end a marriage, but you got to be looking at what he's doing in his spare time. Yeah, man. Because listen, fellas, if you want her to get those cakes up, oh, you got to get your cake up. You got to get your bread right. You got to get your bread right. Because there's a cap. That, there's a bo- there's a floor for every man to stand on financially. You Your money has to reach a level where if she gets pregnant or she cannot work, there's nothing that changes. So if you're right. making, if you're making over minimum, barely over minimum wage, you ain't going to be able to, you ain't going to be able to take care of everything. See what I'm saying? Right now, I make enough money that if my wife stops modeling for a year, we good. Right. So so that's what we're saying. We're not sitting there saying, oh, I'm getting by because some men will hang on a coattail of a woman who's insecure but making a lot of money. There's a lot of men that'll ride that coattail because all he gets to do is still drive your car. 
Live up right. under your roof. There's pride that comes with being a man, yo. Come on now. There's pride. Like, no, I pay. Listen, I pay for everything. So all that money my wife brings, guess where it goes, baby boy? It goes straight to the bank. You see what I'm saying? Which means now I get to reinvest it. I get to make her money make more money. Right. My money, my, my CMS money. What I do with YouTube and books, that takes care of the, the, the selling of this ship. So right. that because no matter sick, one legged, one elbowed, I'm going to work. Right. If I'm in a wheelchair, I'm going to work. But a wife gets pregnant, she she might not be able to. See, one thing about us men, a manly man, I don't care if we got coronavirus. <laughs> we don't care what we got. We going to work with a mask on. Go ahead, BD. And I and that's why, you know, I say like, you know, you gotta look at him. You gotta look at what he's doing yeah. in his off time because here's the thing. Like tell him, tell him, tell him, BD. Like women one hundred percent have the the capability to earn more yeah. than their husband. Especially in this day happen. and age. Especially in this day and age. Especially in this day and age. But when we're talking about biblical roles and responsibilities within a marriage. That's our responsibility is to protect and provide. That's right. Right. The women's responsibility is to, you know, to nurture, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. to take care of the family, take care of the house, the the matters of the home. Right. To multiply. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they can do what we do. They can provide just like we provide. But that's not their responsibility. PD, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. So when it comes down to it, as a man, Mm -hmm. you should take it personally, like as a personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. My goal is to, you know, if it comes down to it, like, like, like you said, J.E., their role, they, they give birth. That's not our role. We can't do that. Can't do that. So if you come across a situation where, you know, she's pregnant, she can't work for a while. She wants to take care of the kids and nurture and, and you know, instead of you know, <clears throat> throwing them out there in daycare uh, with people that you don't really know taking care of your children. Not to say that that's wrong or anything like that. But if that's something that she wants to do, she wants to have that time with her kids and spend time at home with her kids. You want to, as a man, be in a position where she can do that. At least you 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 want to at least be trying. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is it something that should end your marriage? Absolutely not. Is it something that should be a level of concern? Possibly. You should be looking at what he's doing. Like, is he is that something that he feels is his responsibility to provide? Because that's 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 where my concern is. Like Listen, that is our responsibility. He cannot a man cannot be a one stream man. You got to have multiple streams of income, fellas. Period. You got to be. See, listen, listen, listen. If you're not at the place where you are to be able to provide for a wife, you know what makes money? Ideas. Go to God and say, God, give me. Give. How can I maximize? All you gotta do is be like that young man that had two loaves and five fishes. Five loaves and two fishes. Say, God, this is all this is all I make right here. Didn't have much. I didn't have he didn't have much, but fed a multitude. You see what I'm saying? So all you gotta do is say, God, this is all I got. While your wife is sleeping. Now there's been many a nights where I had to be like, okay, God, what what I gotta do? 
Right. That's what we talking about. Like before, when I had the town home, before I got married, I was like, God, okay, <clears throat> I never been here before, and it's okay to be and feel the rise of insecure. Like God, I, uh, God, I never been here before. But God will give you ideas right now, man. I'm so glad. I'm so proud of the younger JE. The younger JE wrote those books, man. The younger JE started those started those YouTube videos in the midst of his fears. Now, it's providing. It's supporting. But if you only trust in that minimum wage job and that's all you do, listen, <clears throat> real talk, there comes a time where, man, you're only going to have three or four hours of sleep. You got, listen, if you if your man sleeps eight hours, that, come on now. If your man sleeps eight hours, the only time you sleep eight hours when you got millions in the bank. The only time you sleep eight hours when you got, uh, when you can be able to take off for a year and things are still selling until then. When it comes to your responsibility, you better listen. What he makes he makes a little bit over minimum wage. Where's his second job at? They got Instacart, they got Uber Eats. Bro, do, do you know, do you know when there was times where my wife couldn't work? Who was doing Instacart? I had one person I delivered groceries to. They watched my videos. I wasn't ashamed. Thank you for watching the videos. Here's your groceries. There you go. I am not ashamed to do what I gotta do to make sure there's not shame in my house. Right. So that, 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 yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> you know, I, I hear you. Yep. He's making a little over minimum wage. Got it. What's he, how many hours of sleep is he getting? Is he getting eight hours of sleep? Mm -mm. If he's getting eight hours of sleep and he's making just over minimum wage, I'm a little concerned. We might have to have a conversation. If he's, you know, if he's, if he's not reading no books mm -hmm. and he's making just over minimum wage, I might be a little worried. Is he in his prayer closet? Is he seeking God for ideas and, and inspiration on how, you know, he can, he, you know, for increase? I'm a little concerned. And I'm concerned if he ain't talked to you about his plans. A, ma right. a man should be oh, completely aware of the state of his marriage. He knows the money that's coming in. He should be telling you, this is what I'm doing. I'm letting you know. I'm making you feel secure that I'm on it. We're going, we may have to tread because it, the... You got. We may have to tread, ladies. You got to be okay with that. If something happened to your husband and he got laid off, but he's in the process, you got to get in the process with him. You see what I'm saying? If that means you can't get the Gucci bag, if that means you can't get the, you can't get you. If that means you have to not, not lower your standards, but lower your way of living for a season, temporarily, temporarily, not permanently, but temporarily, then you can't be like whatever. But at the same time, you should see it before he speaks it. You should see him working. Right. We're talking about those who are married. And if you were in a per if that man wants to get engaged to you and y'all ain't on the same page, let him keep reading until he catch up to yeah. the page you're on. Let him keep reading. Don't rush. Mm -hmm. Because I'm telling you, when you got that baby, you can't work. Everything the light should still be going. Like no, no, like no problem. Right. There's because BD and I are firm believers that there is a bottom floor. Of finances that a man should bring in, and that should be the finance that covers every living expense. And if, yes. and if and if she got to give her car up, no, 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 you give your car up and you take the bus to work. Right. You see what I'm saying? So even if no matter what level you got to lower yourself to, there's a way. And that that means your commute is an extra two hours a day because you got to take the bus. Let your wife drive the Benz. Right. Let your wife drive the Tahoe. You take the bus. You ride the bike. You catch. I think that's just yeah. sound financial <clears throat> advice. Period. Like 
yes, your level of, you know, your, your level, your lifestyle really should be at the level of what your income is, what you can cover. That's right. Your that's right. BD. That's, that's about where you should stay. Don't be, oh, I got a four bedroom house. Nope. We balling, you know, because we got both of our salaries. Like, no, it's as a, a man. It's a temporary adjustment. That's it. Yeah. Don't depend on that. Maybe you downscale. <clears throat> hey, at this level, <clears throat> I can cover everything. So if you go down, you know, if you, you got to handle something else, if you want, you, you know, if you have a baby, we're good. I got it. And then I will continue to step my game up. I will continue to, you know, read and, and, and learn and read books and seek God. And I will continue to, you know what I mean, make more and more money to where we can increase our lifestyle. And then as you make money, you know, I know I will read and I'll learn how to invest the money that you make. That's extra because I can handle the expenses on my own and we can invest that. And that's how we grow. Man. You know what I mean? And fellas, listen to me. There are some women out there that's going to try to force you to level up. Level up naturally. If, right. you, if you're dating a woman that's like, no, I want to live here, and she doesn't want to listen to sound financial advice, leave her behind. Yeah. Because don't force, don't try to force a man to unnaturally level up. If he says, right. this is what I bring to the table, and this is what's going to ensure that you're secure and stable. I don't care what kind of mansion you was grow- that you grew up in. I don't care about what way of life you grew up in as a woman. You should have some common sense to be able to say, okay, these are the sense that he brings in. This is what I bring in. This is wise for right now. And so we're not sitting there saying compromise your standards, but you got to understand the importance of this is what he brings to the table. I heard my pastor say one time that a woman got mad at her husband, but in counseling, Pastor Goo said, this is this is as much money he can make in this field. And you promised to marry him. And this is what he loves to do. There are right. certain levels that there's, there's certain caps to certain loves. There's certain caps to certain professions. So if your husband loves to be a welder, and there's a ceiling of money that he brings in and y'all talked about that and you okayed it and y'all was okay about it five years from now, you can't get mad. If that's what he loves to do and he's entrepreneurial with it, you can't get mad at that. If that's why B, what BD said is very important. Communication, communication, communication. Marriage is about a bigger cause. It's about a bigger and better cause. It's about producing godly seed. It's about being an example of what a God-centered marriage is about. It's much, it's much more than just what kind of house you have. There's a lot of marriages got big houses, great cause, but don't talk to each other. It looks good mm-hmm. on the gram, but they sleep in mm-hmm. separate rooms. It looks good in the gram, but that food, it, it goes cold because they argue the whole time right. and the food is cold. So right. <clears throat> don't get caught up in... Living the life of the Joneses, because the Joneses are not always not happy. Because we don't even know who the Joneses are. This is very true. Very true. Woo! Love cake. Get your cake up, bro. She gonna get them cakes get up. Get your cake up, fam. All right. Well, that's all we got. <laughs> that's all we got. No this or that, or we would be here for two hours. No this or that. We're gonna go ahead and cut it short there. Um, I hope this episode was a blessing to you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button. Hit it. All right. Help us out. We're trying to get the 1K. We need 200 more subscribers. Hit the subscribe button if you are watching the Good Guys Podcast because I know y'all are out there. Um, we have this thing called analytics. We see it. We see it. We see everything. That's right. 
But anyway, hop in the comments. Let us know what you got from this episode. Let us know what your opinion is on the waiting until marriage. Um, let us know what your opinion is on the um, uh, income debate. You know and where you what's, where you stand on that. And flatulence. Flatulence as well. Let us know. <laughs> is anyone else there? Are, are any of our listeners a vegan? All right, help me out because I'm struggling, guys. Flatulence. It's a real deal. Okay. Um. Other than that, uh, I don't think I've got anything else to say to the people. Uh, Je, do you have a the nugget or anything we, we, like man, that? We don't. We don't gave so many nuggets, man. More, hey, more than what McDonald's can give. We gave <laughs> straight jewels today on the podcast. All right, so we're good. I am Brandon Dixon. I am a happily married man, a humble father of four. He is Je, aka Slim Rev. We're the Good Guys Podcast. Peace.